Speaking from experience, there's nothing quite like getting the call, the one every Jeopardy hopeful dreams of. I was ecstatic at that point. I was you know, <laughs> jumping up and down and uh, letting all my roommates know. The moment you hear those words, you are going to be on Jeopardy, is a moment like no other. The shock, the disbelief, the excitement. What can I say? It's an amazing feeling. But soon, after hanging up the phone, that initial wave of euphoria is often replaced by another feeling. I was really filled with dread because I kept thinking, what did I get myself into? For those of us in the Jeopardy-verse, the thought of appearing on our favorite quiz show is equal parts delightful and daunting. You might skew more one way than the other, but in either case, you'll often hear a common refrain from past contestants. Be prepared. But what that preparation looks like, however, might not be so obvious. I did make some flashcards, but I really just had to focus on how I, as a human being, could show up on set and bring my best self. I'm your host, Buzzy Cohen, and from Sony Music Entertainment and Sony Pictures TV, this is Jeopardy, the story of America's favorite quiz show. This week, we check in with some Jeopardy contestants and take a peek behind the curtain. What does it take to prep for Jeopardy? Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. If you've listened to our previous episodes, you've already heard some stories about the links Jeopardy! contestants will go to to prepare for the battlefield that is Stage 10. My two-year-old son had one of those Fisher-Price ring-stacking toys with the colored plastic donuts, if you can picture that. This is the GOAT himself, Ken Jennings, talking about his attempts to practice the buzzer before experiencing the real thing back in 2004. And I took off the, the ring pieces and I just kind of held on to the center core of it and thought, I bet this is about the same diameter as a Jeopardy buzzer. So I would watch the show in real time, pretending to buzz in on my little plastic Fisher-Price toy, yelling an answer at the TV. Like Ken, a lot of Jeopardy alums have prepped for the show by rigging up their own mock buzzing devices. But one contestant we spoke with took things a step further. My name is Bill Schantz. I am currently working as a computer programmer, and I made the Jeopardy simulator. The name alone sounds like something out of a science fiction movie. But the idea for Bill's creation was very much grounded in reality. Bill grew up the youngest of 10 kids in a small town in North Dakota. And like many people on our podcast, including myself, 
He was raised on a steady diet of Jeopardy. I just enjoyed game shows more than any other entertainment form, especially on television. And, you know, once Jeopardy came around, that was it. I was loved the show, and uh, I remember staying home on more than one occasion from school to watch Jeopardy. Bill always thought he'd be on the show one day, and he even signed up for some college classes because of it. I remember taking specific courses <laughs> just for the trivia knowledge, for the most part, you know, history-type classes and uh, art classes. But uh, Jeopardy was actually in the back of my mind on some of those choices of courses to take in college. Now that is next-level commitment. But Bill was on a mission. After graduating from the University of North Dakota with a degree in computer science, Bill moved to Denver, Colorado, and landed his first job. During his free time, however... I would go ahead and record Jeopardy. I'd keep track of any questions I didn't get right, and I would later go to the library, look things up, and also to read current events, and uh, that's how I studied to be on the show. Keep in mind, this was all pre-Google. But Bill's studying was also pre-getting the call, pre-auditions. It was even pre-taking the Jeopardy test. He was diving in headfirst without knowing if he'd even make the cut. Back then, the way to get on the show was to contact them, find out their testing days, and basically plan a trip around it. So in 1994, with Jeopardy test dates in hand, Bill and his friends set out for Los Angeles. There was 100 people that took the test that day. I don't think I was very confident, but uh, confident enough to you know, give it a try. Out of the approximately 100 people that took the test that day, only seven passed. Bill was one of them. He went on to the auditions, and a few months later, I got the call to be on Jeopardy. I was very excited. Then it <laughs> kind of hit me, uh-oh, I got three weeks left to get ready for this show. With the clock ticking, and again, we're talking dial-up internet days here, Bill spent most of his time hitting the books. I ended up taking a few days off and uh, looked up things I didn't know and brushed up on stuff I hopefully knew and make sure I <laughs> still knew it. Pretty soon, it was game day. This is Jeopardy! Now entering the studio are today's contestants. An actor from Los Angeles, California, Brenda Beck. A software support manager, originally from Glen Allen, North Dakota, Bill Shams. And our returning champion, a librarian from Berkeley, California, Darlis Wood, whose one-day cash winnings total $7,700. And now, here is the host. It's nervous energy, you're excited, and uh, I know that uh, <laughs> I was sweating a lot. It's under the lights and everything like that. But, you know, after the uh, dollar bounce popped in and the game got started, I was totally focused on the game. Darlis, start us off. Occupations for one. Answer. It's the American equivalent of a British barrister. What Bill. Is what is a lawyer? Yes. Occupations for 200. It's the person who designs or arranges the dances for a theatrical production or ballet. Bill. What is a choreographer? Right. It was a tight game, with Bill and the returning champ, Darlis Wood, pretty much on equal footing throughout. Then came Final Jeopardy. The category, bodies of water. The clue. The meridian of Cape Agulhas, Portuguese for needles, is the boundary between these two oceans. Good luck. 
The correct answer was the Atlantic and Indian Oceans. Turns out all three contestants got Final Jeopardy wrong, but Bill's modest wager earned him the title of champion and another shot at victory. In Bill's second game... I had the lead going into the final, and again, none of us got it right. And I bet enough to cover the second place if he bet at all, and ended up losing the game. Sometimes, that's the way the Jeopardy cookie crumbles. Bill went back to North Dakota and had a watch party for his games, but afterwards, he decided to take a little bit of a break from the show. I remember not watching Jeopardy for quite a while. I didn't record them anymore, and I just, you know, thought, oh boy, you know, I don't have any more chances to be on the show. (laughs) That hiatus lasted about a year, but for someone like Bill, Jeopardy wasn't some fleeting thing he could write off and forget about. It had always been a constant in his life, something he could orbit around, especially when... Pub trivia became a big thing. I mean, you already know how I feel about pub trivia. I can't stay away from O'Brien's. It's a nerdy escape with french fries. What's not to like? But back to Bill. So I had a team, you know, a bunch of friends that would play trivia together. And one of them said, we should try to be on Jeopardy. I thought, well, I've been on the show. I can't really be on, but uh, I'll be the coach, basically. Uh, Bill is definitely underselling this. He was officially the coach. So early on, what we would do is I had these little buttons or buzzers and I'd tape an episode of Jeopardy. They'd have their hands on these buzzers. And whenever the clue was done by Alex, they could buzz in and then I'd pause the tape and they would give their answer and they'd play it out. And then we'd see what the answer was. And do that 60 times an hour (laughs) or a half hour per game. But uh, that got to be cumbersome. Uh, Yeah, that sounds pretty intense. But what came next was even more of an undertaking. Then I got the idea to start programming a game board that would display the answers. Enter phase one of the Jeopardy simulator, a device designed to get players as close to the real game as possible. My next thought was, okay, let's make a buzzer. And uh, That improved things a lot, especially for the look and feel of the game. Bill even found a way to mimic Jeopardy's lockout system. So if players buzzed in too early, they experienced a slight delay before they could buzz in again. Just like the show. After lots of trial and error, trips to Radio Shack, and finding the most realistic buzzer buttons east of Culver City, it was time for Phase 2. J-Simulator Guinea Pigs. I feel like I've watched Jeopardy basically my whole life. This is Russ Schumacher, a professor of atmospheric science at Colorado State University and, you guessed it, another Jeopardy alum. I was first on Jeopardy in 2003 and then won the 2004 Tournament of Champions and then appeared in the 2005 Ultimate Tournament of Champions and then made the semifinals of the Battle of the Decades tournament. Some pretty impressive W's there. W's that might be due, at least in part, to the tutelage from a certain coach and his trusty sidekick. Actually, let me back up a little. See, like Bill and many J contestants, Russ grew up a trivia mega fan. Yeah, um, you know, I've always been one of these people who just likes to acquire knowledge and has been curious about things in all different areas. Uh, So trivia quizzing was one place where that really 
resonated with me because you get questions about everything, right? From music to history to geography. It rewards knowledge and that, you know, is something that often is not the case in society. In 2003, while Russ was in graduate school in Colorado, he decided to toss his hat into the trivia ring by taking the Jeopardy test. It was handwritten at that time. You know, they passed out pieces of paper to take the test, and then they broadcast the clues up on a big screen at the front of the room. We got the little Jeopardy pens and things like that. We waited some amount of time for them to grade the tests, and then they came out and read off the names of the people who had passed, and I was one of those people. After making it through the auditions, but still waiting for the call, Russ found himself at a crossroads. He could hunker down with flashcards, or he could see what else was out there in the way of Jeopardy tips, tricks, and insights. I discovered the the Jeopardy message board online that existed at that time just to gather as much information as I could about what it's like to be on the show. You know, I'm sure I said, hey, I'm new here. I'm from Fort Collins, Colorado. I auditioned for the show. And then Bill Schantz, who is from nearby here in Colorado, you know, was one of the people who reached out and said, hey, well, if you do end up getting the call to go on the show, I've got this simulator. Uh, We can do some training. And once I actually got the call to be on the show, then I got in touch with Bill and said, "Uh, yeah, I'm going to take you up on that offer. They made a plan to meet at Bill's friend's apartment, and a couple of Russ's grad school friends tagged along for the road trip. We probably got there at 9 or 10 in the morning, and I'm guessing we played Jeopardy games till 10 p.m. that night. We just played game after game and, you know, ordered pizzas. And Bill was the host because he knew how to operate the system. Uh, But then the rest of us just kind of traded off who was playing. And we'd call out the categories just like the real show and hit the daily double. Think about how you have to wager. So it's exactly like the real gameplay. And it was super fun. Like, even if it was not in the context of one of us trying to be on Jeopardy for real, like, That would be totally a fun way to spend an afternoon in my mind is to just sit and like play pretend Jeopardy games all day. But for Russ, all those pretend games actually amounted to something more. I got really good at the buzzer and I attribute a lot of that to the practice on the simulator. But beyond just the buzzer training, um, the feeling comfortable with the flow of the game Calling out the next category, wagering, not getting clammed up on daily doubles. The J simulator helped Russ with all of that and more. And when he clinched his first round of victories in 2003, in many ways, they were victories for Bill as well. He ended up winning four games in a row. So I was very excited (laughs) at how well he did. In recent years, the J simulator has gained a niche following among Jeopardy alum. In fact, One weekend, while I was preparing for the All-Stars team tournament back in 2019, my team met up with Bill and ended up logging over 50 practice games on the J-Simulator. It's pretty nifty, but of course, it's not the only path to prep. A lot can also be said for mind over matter. That's after the break. Stay with us. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, I know. Jeopardy players can be a little bit extra. The way we organize elaborate watch parties, analyze gameplay and strategy, even obsess over shaving down our buzzer reaction time. And I have to admit, I'm kind of guilty of most of the things on that list, including, believe it or not, hitting the gym in the weeks leading up to my own Jeopardy streak. Before my first game, I honestly just wanted to look and feel my best. And for me, that was stuff like planks, farmer carries, some conditioning, basic stuff, but it was also my first time in a gym. Unconventional, maybe, but another contestant we spoke to had a similar, albeit slightly more zen approach to her prep. Take a deep breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. This is Lori Goodman, a fellow Californian with a penchant for mindfulness. Although, when Lori got the call to be on Jeopardy, her life was full of anything but peaceful moments. I had recently started a new job as the executive director of a nonprofit, and I was drinking from the fire hose. I was working crazy hours. One busy afternoon in between meetings, Lori found herself back in her office, quickly going through voicemails. I saw that I had a missed call from a 310 number, an LA number, and I listen to the message and my heart starts pounding. My bookkeeper was next door and I walked across the hall and went, I think I'm going to be on Jeopardy. Watching the show had become something of a sacred family ritual in the Goodman household. So much so that Lori's husband and son even tried out for Jeopardy. Even though Lori often surprised herself with the number of responses she'd get right during their weekly watch parties, she didn't think of herself as a candidate for stage 10. I knew I could shout out answers in front of the television, but I really didn't think I was Jeopardy material. But after some encouragement from her family, Lori decided to take the test, and the rest, as they say, is history. When my husband and son found out, they were super happy for me. They had more confidence in me than I had in myself. And that was a tremendous positive piece of preparing to be on Jeopardy. The other piece was a bit trickier. I was in a new job. 
So there was very little I could do to add information into my brain. All I could do at that time to prepare was focus on how I, as a human being, could show up on set and bring my best self. Yes, Lori continued to watch Jeopardy during this time and managed to squeeze in reading Bob Harris's excellent book, Prisoner of Trebekistan. But when it came down to it, Lori's prep was more about calming the mind and not so much inundating it. I just practiced being calm and focused, taking a deep breath, noticing my balance, noticing where the weight of my body was, tuning into my heart rate. Okay, maybe this sounds a little woo-woo to some of you cynics out there, but when it comes to Jeopardy, or really any high-stakes, uncertain, big-life moment, the truth is, mindset matters. It's something Ken Jennings, as host, has observed on multiple tape days. It's almost impossible to tell in their first game who's going to be dominant. You have no idea. But when they get more calm with time, it's the most powerful advantage. So when Lori's big day finally came around, she had that advantage going for her right from the start. Mindfulness is really about having metacognition of how you're reacting where you are. That turned out to be perfect for Jeopardy because I found that you needed to be able to very quickly move from that sense of wonder, awe, and excitement into focus and presence. Walking onto the set, it's like walking into a dream. It's an awe-inspiring moment. And when I rang in and Alex called my name and I got a correct answer, it was a full-body, joyful experience. This type of kite, also known as a cellular kite, is seen here aloft. Lori. What is a box kite? You got it. I got in on the buzzer a lot. And I found that I was really in a flow where if I saw a clue and I knew it immediately, I had the sense of clue, no, buzz, respond. It was very smooth. Many invertebrates comprising this 1,400-mile structure off Australia died in 2016. Lori. What is the Great Barrier Reef? Yes. Science around us for a 1,000. A new bacterium, Ideonella succiensis, could soon help degrade these polymers in landfills. Lori? What are plastics? Good. Lori had cruised through the Jeopardy round, but game day nerves coupled with adrenaline started to creep in. After my interview with Alex, I noticed that my heart rate was elevated, that I was sweating. But instead of letting her anxiety snowball, I would take a moment to just take the deep breath, focus on my feet, connecting with the floor, and bring myself into the present. The self-talk more than paid off. In the double Jeopardy round, Lori regained her momentum, snagged a daily double, and took the lead going into final Jeopardy. 
Scary category, perhaps, for final? Design. Players, here's your clue. Switching the syllables in the German word for building of a home gave this design and architecture school its name. 30 seconds. Good luck. When the final clue came up, I knew it immediately. Judging by the speed at which all three of you wrote down your responses, I think we're going to get a lot of correct responses here. Becky, we come to you first. You are 3,200, and you're going to add to that because Bauhaus is right. Oh, you're not going to add. You remain there. All right, let's come down to our champion. Rick, 17,800 going into final. Came up with the correct response. Risked 11,399. It could be a big payday at 29,000. 199. It all depends on Laurie Goodman. She had the lead. Will she retain the lead? She has 19,000. She will add 15,401. She is the new champ of 34,401. All right, Laurie, way to go. Oh my goodness. I couldn't believe it. I never in a million years expected that I would win a game of Jeopardy. And yet she did. In Lori's second game, she was neck and neck with another player for both the single and double Jeopardy rounds, but in the final, she ultimately ceded the title of champion to her competitor, Kyle Jones. And while losing is always kind of a bummer, Lori continues to be grateful for her calm, cool, and collected stint on stage 10. I continue to be introduced to new people as the person who was on Jeopardy. And it's now part of my identity, and that's something I'm proud of and and I get to carry with me for the rest of my life. After the break, a mother-daughter duo tackles Jeopardy training. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. When Srimal Choi first got the call, in her case, a text, actually, she was skeptical. I got a text from John Barra from Jeopardy, and I was like, is it really? It really was. A common reassurance that contestant producers have had to repeat many times over the years. He said, can we talk? So we scheduled a time to talk. And then he said, how do you feel? Are you available for traveling? Do you have any felonies? You know, like all those questions. And I said, no, no. He's like, okay, I have one last question for you. Would you like to come to LA and be on Jeopardy? And I was like, what? The initial feeling was like very excited and very uh, thrilled. Srimal and her family had been watching Jeopardy for years, but much like Lori Goodman, she had never put much stock into getting on the show herself. 
When our kids were little, we used to watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, I think almost every night. And when my son was really, really little, he used to say, did we double? So we always kid him about that. But um, I work in the aerospace field and there's an organization called Women in Aerospace. And they had an email that went out that said, women in aerospace try out for Jeopardy. I was like, maybe I'll try it. When Shreemal's maybe turned into definitely, followed soon after by an official invitation to compete on Stage 10, she wasn't the only one who was jazzed about her upcoming debut. I thought it was amazing that my mom could be on a show that I had watched for so long. That's Shreemal's daughter, 14-year-old Ariana Choi. It was kind of hard to keep in that news, but um, I was very happy for her too. But as excitement spread throughout the Choi family, Shreemal remembers another feeling taking hold. I was really filled with dread because I kept thinking, what did I get myself into? And then the few people I did tell, they were like, I was watching Jeopardy. Do you know Jeopardy has this many million viewers a night? About nine million. And then they said, oh, did you watch Jeopardy yesterday? That person, wow, they really embarrassed themselves. <laughs> so I was getting more and more and more anxious, right? Mm -hmm. But that's exactly where Ariana and the rest of the family stepped in. Well, first I made a Jeopardy template. Gotta love those DIY game boards. I got the idea to do that because um, I'd seen a YouTube video of it. So um, I used Google Slides. I made the categories things that I knew, and I also uh, searched up on the internet some things like questions and fun facts. And so I put those in, and we played that, and my mom did really well uh, compared to the other members of my family. But um, my dad found this new template that was like a lot more advanced. And um, I put harder, different questions this time. I wouldn't say it was exactly like the real thing, but I feel like it was a good example of preparation. In the weeks leading up to Shramal's tape day, Jeopardy took over the Choi household. We're talking spreadsheets pinned to the fridge, flashcards scattered across the kitchen table, and most nights, after Ariana finished her homework, she and mom would hit the books together. I bought a little four inch by three inch uh, summary of all of Shakespeare's plays, and I studied that. And then what else did I do? You listen to um, a recording of all of the states. Oh, that's right. And their capitals. Yeah, oh my goodness, we did a lot of that. But of course, we watched Jeopardy every day together and then I tried to answer the questions first. So that helped me just like get in the rhythm of kind of just watching and answering the questions out loud. Finally, after all that cramming, it was time for Shrimal to test her Jeopardy chops for real. Introducing today's contestants, a community college history instructor from Grand Blanc, Michigan, Aaron Gullias. A chief strategy officer from Falls Church, Virginia, Shrimal Choi. And a returning champion, a rideshare driver from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Ryan Long, whose 10-day cash winnings total $183,301. And now, here is the host of Jeopardy, Mayam Bialik. Thank you, Johnny Gilbert, and welcome, everyone, to Jeopardy! For Shrimal, the game went by in kind of a blur, which ends up being the case for many contestants. I mean, it's a lot to take in. But she did remember landing a daily double in the double Jeopardy! round. There's this movie uh, about a ship that turns upside down. Literary shipping for 1200 
There's a daily double. You're in third place with 1,600. How much would you like to wager? 1,000. Here's your clue. In a Paul Gallico adventure novel, this liner is capsized by a tidal wave and the survivors climb up to the hull to find a way out. And then I had no idea what it was until like for three long seconds and then suddenly the answer just came out of my mouth. <laughs> what is the Poseidon adventure? Yes. That'll take you up to 2,600. So that, that was cool. But like many before her, she hit the stumbling block we call the buzzer. During one of the breaks, one of the people came up to me and said, you're hitting the buzzer too fast. You need to like give it a beat before you hit it, but 20 minutes or whatever it is, it's so short, it's hard to get that timing down. At the end of the game, Shermal was bested by the returning champ, Ryan Long, who already had 11 wins under his belt and would go on to win five more. And while losing to a super champ might cushion the blow for some, Shrimal still felt the sting of defeat. After the taping, I didn't tell my kids how I did, but I said to my husband, well, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm so sad. I, I wish I could be a Jeopardy champion. And he was like, well, you're a champion of your life or whatever he said to make me feel better. So that was really, really nice. But as her air date crept closer, she was riddled with anxiety. I started getting more and more nervous. And I remember saying to my dad, what if I'm a total embarrassment and everyone will see? And I remember someone telling me, you know, 10 million people will see if you, yeah. if you failed. So I feel like right before, it was like a slow spiral of doom. Ah, yes, the old spiral of doom. We've all been there. But uh, the whole time, like my parents and my family, they were, they were super, super supportive. It was only me that that got into that kind of emotional spiral, right? And then when it aired, the reaction that I got from everyone was so positive. First of all, I answered the first question. I totally didn't remember that. I was like, yay, I answered one question right. <laughs> and then it was just so nice to see how supportive people were and everyone was really like, we're so proud of you. It's so amazing to have you on Jeopardy and see you on Jeopardy. Remember me from college and I watch you on Jeopardy and just like everyone was really, really nice. The other takeaway from Shreemal's Jeopardy experience? I feel like it brought us closer as a family to be able to have that kind of adventure together. I learned that my mom was really uh, much better at trivia than I thought she was. Because um, I thought she was good, but I didn't know she was this good. And um, the fact that she was able to get the daily double in the first question and a lot of the questions was really great. And I also learned how supportive my family can be during these times and motivational. At the end of the day, there's so much more to the Jeopardy experience than those 30 minutes you spend on stage. From high-tech buzzer training to mindfulness exercises to family-run trivia boot camps, it's clear that the Jeopardy whole is only as great as the sum of its parts. What really matters are the things you discover and the connections you form along the way. Next week on This is Jeopardy. There are so many things that are going to happen in this next like 30 minutes that I fundamentally can't control and have nothing to do with me. I don't know what my categories are going to be. I don't know really how fast my opponents are going to be on the buzzer. And so what I'm thinking is like, I need to focus exclusively on what I can control, which is basically just like, do I ring in or not? 
This is Jeopardy! The story of America's favorite quiz show is a production of Sony Music Entertainment and Sony Pictures TV. It's hosted by me, Buzzy Cohen. This episode was produced by Rob Dozier, Sylvie Lubau, and Serena Chow. The series producers are Julia Doyle, Rob Dozier, Sylvie Lubau, and Neil Warren. Associate producer is Serena Chow. Our series editor is Sarah Kramer. Executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs, Tom Koenig, Sarah Kramer, Michael Davies, and Suzanne Preddy. Production management help from Susanya Davenport and Tamika Balance-Kolosny. Our theme song was composed by Hannes Brown. Cedric Wilson is our engineer. Special thanks to Charlie Yetter and Steve Ackerman. And a big, big thank you to the Jeopardy staff and crew for all of their time and help on this. Shout out to Alexa Machia. If you love the show, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>